Hey everybody, this is Brad Bruce and I'm here with Jace Marsiglia. And you're listening to the 5195 Podcast, episode 5. We're up to 5. Crazy. Yeah. So. A new beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think where we left off, we were just kind of like, I don't know, bitter? A little bit. But. um, Um, Yeah, you had no idea. I had no idea. We really didn't confide in each other how things were going yeah. on our sides of the spectrum, um, which kind of sucks. Probably should have, you know. I don't know. If only to go to each other through it. We probably both could have used it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it really was the beginning of the end of the production company that I started, even though we hadn't even shot our first feature yet. Nope. And it was just like I could feel it coming, you know, and I just tried to stay as positive as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And I just like immersed myself in the feature and I wrote the script and I gave it a bunch of like rewrites. And I think even I chipped in at one point. You did. Yeah, you did. And and we settled in on a version and then we started casting and, you know, James Duvall was locked in. At the premiere of Garlic and Gunpowder, I talked to um, Dean McDermott. Yeah. I told him what was going on and he said he was into, you know, coming on board as well. And so was Steve Chase. So... I was like, all right, cool. And like one of one of the Red Eleven team members who was doing sound and stuff for us, but he's like a fucking great actor, mm-hmm. Johnny Romalia. So I cast him opposite James Duvall and a couple other people that I'd worked with in the past, like Greg Dow, who was from Deadheads. I had done a couple shorts with him. I love Greg Dow. His timing, his delivery, he's f- tremendously talented. Mm-hmm. So I cast him and we went to work. We built an entire home on our soundstage. Wow. I mean, an entire home, like, you know, kitchen, dining room, living room, fireplace, like really dated too, like from like the late 50s, early 60s style. Everything, you know, rustic and shit. Oh, yeah. And I remember. When we were pretty much completed with the set, um, I had my friend Richard Inigas come to set, who had been on hundreds of TV shows. And he was like, this does not look like a set. Mm. So getting that stamp of approval, I was like, fuck yes. Yeah, that had to be cool. Yeah, you know, it really was cool. So we rehearsed for almost three months. Wow. Because this is a heavy dialogue-driven one location film. Wow. It was literally an experiment in human nature. Okay. And it wasn't a horror film. It was more of a noir. It's a character piece too, it sounds like. You know? It was. It was the end result of a robbery mm-hmm. and them hanging out in this house after. We shot this entire movie, which I think was like, maybe like 112 pages. Okay. With countless setups. Sure. Where you're in one location. Mm-hmm. And I remember giving it to a, a producer friend of mine who had produced Deadheads. And he was like, first feature? This is pretty fucking ambitious, dude. Sure. And I was like, I know. A lot of blocking. It was insane. Yeah. I knew the challenges that were ahead of us. So I had to make sure that everything was right. 
I really needed these guys to come together and we came together all the time to rehearse. And, you know, Jimmy was fucking amazing. He would come up and give his time. We would just spend an entire day rehearsing. Yeah. We shot this thing in six days. Now. Jeez, that was it? Yeah. Wow. And it, it was a very long six days. Sure. You know, we did it and it was awesome. I was so happy with what we got. But then the the post-production started mm-hmm. and, you know, I edited the film and I just went like cut after cut. There were things I wanted to go back and reshoot. Jesus. And it's not because of their performance. It was because there were just certain things that I needed to seamlessly achieve that I felt I didn't. Ugh. Even Johnny, after he starred in the movie and then helped in post-production sound, then helped in editing. Mm-hmm. We spent months editing this movie, mm-hmm. which is not crazy for Hollywood. No. And it was a lot of wound licking. Sure. Then I noticed things like, I hadn't seen this guy in a, in a week. And I was trying to get us all together and it was just like, I'm busy or I can't, I have this, I have an engagement. I noticed that it just was starting to fall apart. So I was like, let me go to work. And because I knew what our next feature was going to be. And we never really talked about it, but I had shot a short film at my friend's record store called The Vinyl Redemption. Mm -hmm. And it was just a goofy paranormal short. Yeah. These two boneheads that work in a record store come in contact with a possessed record. Mm -hmm. And now one of Satan's minions is coming to get the record back. Right. So all this shit's happening to them, you know? So we shot that, I want to say it was like maybe 2013. And I knew that I wanted that to be a feature. It was always kind of like in my back pocket. Sure. And I knew that it was going to come to the light of day. So I struck the set of the house and I went right back into building a record store Mm -hmm. while editing Desolate. I remember that set too. I was, yeah, I came by once just to visit the set. You had something pretty cool going there. I did. I liked it. Dan, this looks like a record store. Yeah, it, it really did. Yep. And I got the stamp of approval of my friend who owned the record store that we shot the original one in. Because mm-hmm. he was like, just shoot in my store. And I'm like, bro, you don't understand. That store is so fucking cramped. I can't imagine shooting something there. I told him, I said, look, we shot the first vinyl here over a weekend. Mm-hmm. And you had to work a full day, close your store. And then basically be there till six o'clock in the morning from like seven at night. Oof. So you want to do that for 25, 30 days? Right. Yeah. And he was like, I never thought of that. Oh, and I was like, yeah, because, no. you know, and this isn't a night movie. Right. There's day and night. Yeah. Even though this is a 24 hour movie, because I love those kind of movies. Me too. Yeah. Where everything is just. It's Self-contained just, and. Yeah. He was like, okay, no, you're right. You're right. I don't want this fucking thing in my store. So, <laughs> And so you're, we, you're not going to be able to do the clerks thing either and be like, someone stuck gum in the locks just yeah. to blanket out the windows, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we started building a record store and I noticed that every time I would go to the studio, the only car that was there was Johnny's. Wow. Or Tina Simonian, who I met on Garlic, who like joined the team as like a... Um, assistant director yeah and who's like jack of all trades can do all kinds of stuff and she joined the team i fucking love tina yeah and so it was literally like me and johnny and tina at the studio which is not a team that's a trio (laughs) it is and so it got kind of scary the writing's on the wall yeah no it is yeah and then covid hit yeah didn't step foot inside my studio for six months wow didn't see any of the guys for the six months which is a bummer because it's not like 
a normal job where everyone went remote. Yeah. It's your studio. You're not going to run into people. The mask mandate, all that stuff, all the stuff that came with COVID and lockdown really didn't apply to your studio. Not at all. You could have been in there writing or yeah. whatever, but yeah. six months without even putting a key in the lock. Yeah. Wow. After things started, I wouldn't say lifting, but I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going back to work. Mm-hmm. And Johnny was like, yeah, I want to work too. Yeah. You know, so we kind of got back into it and started building and, you know, doing things again. And then I got the call mm -hmm. from my producer basically saying, it's been fun. Oh, man. And I was like, Oof, awesome. You know, now, not just that, but the surrounding area where we, our studio was, the owners started um, bringing in other businesses that were definitely not helpful to us. Really? Okay. They were turning it into a sports complex. So right next to us was a softball training camp. Oh, God. The other side was a soccer training camp, which hitting balls continuously with a metal bat is not real good for sound. No. Nope. And the thing is, it being the type of studio it was, you didn't have to worry about planes. You didn't have to worry about traffic. It was very, I mean, it was just a great we got lucky. It was a great place. We got lucky. It really was. And for seven years, it was fucking awesome. But yeah, yeah. soccer, baseball, yeah. all the, that's that's going to be the soundtrack to the entire parking lot. You know? Yeah. It's just going to reverberate. And it was out, if I remember right, wasn't that kind of tucked away in the desert a little bit? Yeah, it, it was, was, yeah, it was it very was, desolate around the, yeah. the studio. Good pull. Yeah. We call that a callback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I remember correct. So I mean, sound is going to carry even worse. In an area like that where it's just echo. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine trying to do a heavy scene, a dialogue scene, and it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, how do you ADR that out? <laughs> you don't. No. I mean, like, at this point, your movie's going to sound like an old Italian spaghetti western. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just because you had to ADR everything. Everything. And I everything. just, I can't even imagine just the blanket of, ugh. That washed over you at that point. Yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. fun. And so after one producer stepped out, we still had another one. And he was like, what do you want to do? I don't mind keeping it open Yeah, if you want. And I was like, you know what, dude? I think we gave it a good run. I think it's time to just close up shop. Oof. Yeah, that's painful. And he was like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Because not, not just that, but over the course of seven years... We have amassed an entire production studio. Yes. With flats, C stands, and flags, mm -hmm. and lights, bounce boards. I mean, just a crazy collection of stuff. I was always in awe of it when I'd come down here. Yeah. And the things that would change. It wasn't always the same when I came. No. And no. I would just marvel over, you know, like I said, you know, maternal instincts, you created an entire bar, which was, I walked into it and was like, holy fuck, this is a bar. Yep. Came back a couple years later. Holy fuck, this is a record store. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and you, most of the shorts that you had shot with your team, I watched literally in a sound studio on a screen, like we were on the fucking Warner lot. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. great. It yeah. was just so cool. And I just remember thinking, I've, I've, I've struck out here, man. Yeah. I, I hooked up with a guy who's got his own fucking thing. And I was writing to your studio. I remember thinking he's got about this much space. He's got these, he's got these means, he's got this technology. And I started weaving a story that I thought 
a Red 11 studio could just build right here. You know. It was good. For Indy, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. I was proud of yeah. what, what, what you he should accomplished. Been. We should have something really good. Yeah. All the while, I still haven't finished Desolate. And now I have to strike it's the set. still sitting on the back burner yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And all the months of work of building this record store... Now I got to tear it down without ever like shooting one frame. You didn't do anything with it. And you? it was just, it killed me. Oh yeah. It killed me. I feel like it would kill me even if you did. I feel like taking down a set is kind of painful. Very. I mean, it's, it's you know hard. What? It was hard tearing the desolate set down and we shot the movie. You built a house. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like if, even if you finished it, it I'm trying to compare it to something metaphorically, it's almost like. If you, you put your heart and soul into an art project and then you sold it, you're not going to see it again. Mm -hmm. It was a part of you. It's yeah. with someone else. You banged the hammer and you made something out of nothing. And now I'm folding it up. Mm -hmm. And it just, there's got to be a poignancy and a sadness to it. You, you know? know, what's really funny is right before the hammer dropped on the studio, I did another once over of the whole place. I had went through and just redone everything. Yeah. And had this thing ready to shoot the record store movie. I remember. I mean, I redid my office. Uh, I was ready to finish editing Desolate and then start editing a new movie. Mm -hmm. And then it was over. So I remember this kind of like symbolic moment of, I'm going to strike the set alone. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I went in there and I sort of rage room destroyed it. Really? Yeah. Oh man, just exorcism. And I was so emotional sure that i was throwing record bins and smashing walls and baseball batting things yeah because yeah. it was the ultimate failure in my opinion it was the culmination of everything that i had done all these highs and lows crashing right before my eyes yeah and there was not a fucking thing i could do about it nope nope you know and so i did destroy the set and i remember the last day of like looking at the thousands of hours I spent there mm -hmm. and the times and, you know, just the memories. Yeah. And just closing that door for the last time. It's moving out of your childhood home in a way. Yeah. You know, it was very, so was, much, so much going on there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really something. It was the know. first time in my entire life that I was like, Oh, I understand what the term defeated means. Oh yeah. It, knocked me off my access for a long time so this is rock bottom yeah you know what i mean yeah like there's like we said in the last episode high highs and low lows this is low this was it this is low low this was this was ground level yeah this is bad and to that end if we tarantino it a little bit we're gonna go back in time while you were working on gunpowder i was dealing with the repercussions of my confidence yeah you know, the confidence that I'm trying to fake because I, you know, I, I was at the point where I was like, I don't like asking for money for something I enjoy doing, but that's the game. And then watching everyone take cover when the lights came on. I took a break. I didn't quit. I took a break. I wanted to reset because when you're upset, your creativity becomes extremely impotent. I don't know about you, but I just don't. The well goes dry. At some point, while you were doing Desolate, I got this idea for a script. I went on a weird Jalo Italian horror film binge. 
I was watching Bava Flicks and I was going through the Demons movies, the and, and then I watched one called The Church from '89. And it was okay. You know, it's, it wasn't as fun as the other ones. It was it kind of took itself a little more seriously, I guess. So it, it didn't have that feeling of fun. But I was so enamored by the church, Gothic Italian Catholic church. You know, this thing was massive and it had underground caverns and all this. And I remember thinking, I want to do an Italian horror film. I want to celebrate that style. I wanted to celebrate Italian horror. And so I started coming up with an idea where if I mixed Bava with Argento and Fulci and had all these elements, this was going to be like Grindhouse for the Italians. You know, I was like, I'm going to, people are going to watch this hardcore Italian horror fans are going to watch this and go, I see what he's doing there. That's awesome. You know what I mean? So I wrote this script, which was basically... It started with a botched exorcism. And I remember when I told you this, you said, I've never heard of a movie that starts the way most horror movies end. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is aftermath. So a botched exorcism, possessed person is dead. While they're dealing with the repercussions, this church locks them in. And there's still an entity with them. So taking that idea, I wrote a script that I titled Cathedral. And... I sent it your way. I was just like, I just want an opinion. You got everything. You read it and was just like, I see what you did here. I see what you did there. I fucking love this. I fucking love that. And you got excited, which made me excited. <laughs> so I'm like, cool. I'm like, good. So this is our next thing. When you're done with Desolate, this is what we're going to do. And you're like, yeah, rad. Yeah. And as months turned into a year and so forth and so on, and then vinyl was being built, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You know, whatever. And at the, in the meantime, I'm going to polish this. I'm going to make it better. Uh, we met with Harry Manfredini, and he got to read it, which is just an honor. I couldn't believe he took the time. But he also took the time to sit with me and tell me what he thought, where it should go. You know, he goes, I, I see what you're doing here, and what if you did this, what if you did that? I got to talk shop with Harry Manfredini, who... Knows his Italian cinema. Okay? A little bit. Yeah. So it was like, this is, this is, oh man, this is really coming together. This is fucking cool. You know? And then you were like, the team's gone. I was like, really? What do you mean the team's gone? <laughs> and he's just like, it's, yeah, the band broke up, dude. And I'm like, so what does that mean? Do we, do we look for more people? Do we, what happens now? You know? And you were just like. I don't know, dude. He goes, I'm in, I'm, you're like, I'm in post with desolate and that's not going great. <laughs> this isn't, this hasn't been fun. No. And you were just kind of like, I'm really not feeling this whole filmmaking thing right now. And I was like, holy fuck. I, I was more concerned for you because you were, I'd never heard you talk like this. I'd never heard it in your voice. Yeah. Uh, you were all, you're so gung ho, you know, you're very, you know, we could do this. And I, me not being, it sounds shitty, but as Hollywood as you. <laughs> oh, thanks. As, as bougie as your fucking stupid ass <laughs> Thank is, you. <laughs> uh, I, I would just trust your enthusiasm because you yeah. were like, there was, there were things where I would approach you about and be like, what do you do you think we can do this and i'd kind of have my hat in my hand like i don't know man you know and you'd be like no fuck yeah 
we, we can do this. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be like, really? You know, and it was just like, okay, cool. So you were always the pick me up, dude. I know this person who could do this. I could scout this location. We can do that. And it was just nothing I threw at you that I thought, you know, if something I, th- I thought was too lofty. Yeah. Uh, you were like, oh, no, nothing's too lofty. I could do this. We could do this. So I was confident. I'm like, cathedral's going to happen. Yeah. This is going to be great. And to hear that everyone just packed up shop and left. And then to hear that Red 11, the shutters were closed. Yeah. I went, holy shit. I was like, the one person I didn't think could be defeated, (laughs) he's down. Yeah. He's down for the count, man. And I'm like, and me, I'm a pessimist. I'm one of those that's just, you know, I'm not. I don't believe the, it. The sun will not rise tomorrow. You know, this this is just, you know. So the guy who was always like, oh, sunshine and rainbows, my man. Yeah. This is going to be great. Yeah. We can do this. Yeah. He was like, yeah, fuck no. There's no gas in the tank. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to open a store. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to fucking sell high-end shoes. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, I was done, man. Yeah. I was was, done. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, and again, you know, you and I don't have the relationship where I was like, well, that's a dead end. I guess I'll go sow my oats somewhere else. Yeah. You know, no, I was like, this is serious. Yeah. I was like, my buddy is really fucking down here, and he was the one who's never down. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, as often as I tried to reach out, you you and I didn't talk a whole lot. We, we really didn't. didn't. We went from talking every day, and not every day about work. We would send each other memes. We were sending each other stupid shit. Yeah. We'd poke at each other and be just like, hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? You yeah. Know? yeah. It, was just, it was just bro shit. Mm-hmm. So it was never always shop. Even that stopped for a while. Yeah. And I was like, dude, my brother on the other side of the fucking country is just, what's going on over there? <laughs> and the thing is, we're, 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 we're on opposite coasts. It's not like I could just run to your house and be like, bro, do you want to go out and get something to eat and just talk? Yeah. Do you want to go to the fucking movies and just decompress and watch something? Uh, you know. It, and you know what's crazy? Mm. Had that been a option... I think things would have been different, but because I don't trust many people, mm-hmm. I basically was like, I'm out. Yeah. The pe- the people that I had worked with in LA told them, I'm done. I'm yep. out. Don't call me. I'm not working. Right. And yeah. I stepped away. You did. 100%. Yeah. And what added salt to that wound, it was sad feeling that feeling of, you know, my my new partner in crime is like done yeah it got worse because i would text you how you doing bud you doing all right man you know and you were like and the thing is by this point i'd been out to see you a few times yeah and i know your house i know all your collectibles (laughs) yeah which we'll get into in other episodes oh yeah (laughs) so much cool shit that we can talk about but i i just i knew your house i had it a, a vision in my head it had never really changed much and at some point when I asked you how you were doing, you were like, oh, you know, me and Tina, we, we kind of started this store and I'm just selling all my shit. I'm like, what? I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
I said, you talking about this shit up in the loft? Thousands of fucking movies, masks, you know, collectibles. And he was like, yeah, man. Yeah. It's gone. Getting rid of that shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) You know, I'm like, I'm watching this guy dissolve. You know, I'm like... (laughs) I'm serious, and I'm no, like, I know. I'm, funny, I'm clear it's on the. True. It was. It was just kind of like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> I'm like, it's bad enough that he's down. Yeah. It's bad enough that he lost the fight. Now he's dissolving his hobbies. Yeah. He's getting rid of his shit, and yeah. I was really fucking worried about your mental health. Rightly so. Yeah. I mean, it was just, and of course, even when you're honest with me, there's a lot you're not telling me. And I understand that. And it's not because I don't want to. It's just like, you know what? I'm a face-to-face guy. Me too, to a yeah. degree. But me, I'm I'm extremely cagey. I don't wear my shit on my sleeve. I don't like talking about the things that bother me because I don't like going there. Because we're so much alike. I was kind of like, he's not talking about it because he doesn't want to. Yeah. And I wasn't going to press. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to press. But it was one of those deals where I'm just like, one of the things people do before they fucking kill themselves... <laughs> It's like seriously, like I'm not trying to trigger anybody here, but I'm like one of the things people do is start giving away the things they love. Yeah. To the people they love. Yeah. People, you know, they just start, "Hey man, here's my baseball card collection. Take care of it." "Hey man, here's my this is my favorite t-shirt, man. It's yours now." Yeah. You know? And I'm sitting here listening to you like what the fuck is going on? And I just wanted to get in touch with like Tina. I'm like, dude, what is going on with Brad? And she was just kind of like, well, if he wants to tell you, he'll tell you, you know? And I'm like, no, he's just, he's not fucking telling me. I was like, I tried this backdoor shit. I was trying, I wanted you to narc on him, Tina, you know? And she, you know, to her credit, she, she kept your shit, your shit. And you know, I got to respect that. Yeah. But I was also like, Everything I knew about Brad Bruce up to this point was disappearing left and fucking right. It really was. I was like, oh my God, there's no studio. There's no team. He's getting rid of his shit. I'm like, he's hit a level of depression that I'm used to. (laughs) Me living in the rainy, snowy, fucking stupid East that I'm at. I'm like, yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. I know depression. Yeah. Brad doesn't know depression. <laughs> I'm sitting here like this is the worst fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. It was it was total reset. It was bad. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was like, not that I leaned on you for positivity, but we're polar opposites in that respect at that time. Yeah. Where me, I I, I just full disclosure, I have severe severe depression yeah and i've been dealing with it most of my life yeah and suicide is always a fleeting thought even now with therapy and medication and all that there's a moment a millisecond every day where i'm just like i wish i was fucking dead you know what i mean and it doesn't help that you live in the the dark rainy corners of the the northeast and all that you know weather plays such a fucking factor and your vitamin d and all that you know so i mean it was just one of those things where i was the gloomy gus who was just kind of like yeah well you know and i everything that i was kind of shitting on or i was sort of like yeah we can't do that can we brad was like oh yeah we can yeah we could totally do that now he's in the pit with me (laughs) 
He's not just in the pit. I was. He's building a tent in the pit. Not even. He's not even trying to build a ladder to climb out. Yeah. He's just like, no, no, I'm here, man. Yeah. Give me a handful of pills and and share the blanket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put on our Nikes and just climb into the bunks. Yeah. I'm just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And I, it was depressing as fuck. Yeah. And I was just like, not only is my film career pretty much dead <laughs> because. The people who don't know me are not returning calls. They're not returning emails. The people that do know me. On advice I gave you. (laughs) On advice that you gave me, we're just like, well, fuck this guy. I'm not going to give him 50 bucks for 20 pages. You know, everyone was just, I'm I'm like, I still got Brad. And Brad was like, hold my fucking beer. You don't got Brad. You've, yeah. got, you've got the downer mcd man i'm like i'm on, i'm down here with you yeah you want to make a pack <laughs> yeah this is terrible and i just i remember shoving cathedral out of my mind yeah i'm like this script that we both loved i'm like love love sure see there i go i'm doing it again fuck you <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna listen to this shit i know you now uh you're capable of darkness <laughs> I'm like, so i i just i shoved it out of my head i'm like this isn't gonna happen it was fun you know do you remember me telling you like during cathedral because like i had talked to maffredini and i was just like i hadn't even told you this yet i think me and him went to lunch one time mm-hmm. and i was like i think i want to shoot cathedral in italy Mm, mm-hmm. and he all but like fucking slammed on the brakes in the middle of the fucking street and was just like oh fuck yeah we're doing this oh man yeah and i was like okay and he's like talking about liaisons that he has in italy he can hook me up with mm-hmm. and we can do all this shit you know and i was like yeah no yeah for sure totally yeah. but then it was like at the end of the day when the clouds kind of like parted and like i could see clear i was like well it would be me and jace and harry and johnny and tina in italy <laughs> and that's it <laughs> yeah, what are we like, gonna do not, yeah um you had to have told me at some point because me going all in now i'm like oh cool brad pulled me out of the muck uh i started learning italian through duolingo I downloaded the app. I'm like, I need to at least know some shit. Well, it's 2023 and I'm semi-fluent in Italian. <laughs> Been doing it for two, three, four years, whatever. I'm like, I can read Italian now. Why? Uh, I don't know. Because I'm Italian. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> education, it's priceless. That's it. Hey, man, no one can take your education no from No one you. can take that from me, you know. <laughs> I can take your hopes and dreams, but not your education. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know what? It, you know what I came away from? Looking is true. Looking yeah. for a career in Hollywood, I came away with a pretty shitty Italian dialect <laughs> that I'm and, still working on. And you got a 20 minute short. And a 20 minute short. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. That was once just, again. That was sort of welcome. <laughs> unceremoniously crammed into an anthology that no one ever watched. <laughs> yeah, you know it was crazy, man. You're you're fucking totally right. Like I. I when I when I checked out, <clears throat> especially because Desolate was just it hit a wall mm-hmm. where I needed these special effects that I couldn't get. Mm. I just could not get anyone. Nothing was done in camera. Like I don't want to give too much away because I still got to release this movie. Yeah, that's fine. So it's like, but there's a shootout. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, I, I need like muzzle flashes and I yeah. need like hits and I need like, look, we did some practical blood and stuff on, on, on the day. So it, it did work. Sure. Were you using squibs or anything? Well, yeah, we, we did use squibs. Okay. So, I mean, it, it, it did look good, but it just, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Especially to deliver to a distribution company. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause it's like, I mean, it had people in it that have a following, you know, with Dean yeah, and, of and, and Jimmy. Like even Manfredini was going to lend some of his music to the soundtrack, mm -hmm. you know? So it was like, okay, cool. It's, so it's commercially viable. Yeah. There's names there that are like, people are going to want to see it just, you know, for that. And plus it was like, cause like, again, like I said before, it's like, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. So one of my favorite Hitchcock movies, mm -hmm. but it's Lifeboat. Oh, I love Lifeboat. It's just, they're in a boat. Yeah. And that's it. There's a palpable tension on a boat. Yeah. And it's not even a and it's a fucking dinghy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we're not talking about like a liner or no, anything. No, you know, no big set piece. It's like twelve people on a fucking rowboat. Yeah. So I kind of did the same thing where I put four people in a house. It's a nice, well, desolate. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's it's an isolation piece. It is, you know. Yeah. And so, um, again, you know, so I'm still in that like not uh, not so much of like the defeated attitude is that's gone. Okay, with like what I had when everything stopped. So we're 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 beyond wrecking the the set. Yeah, and, yeah. Know, well, raging out and all that. Because what I did was like my plan mm -hmm. was finish desolate, sell it, and never be on set again. Wow. So that was going to be your swan song. Yeah. yeah. And so and it sucked because it's like, yes, I've I've worked on a bunch of different features, but not in my own. No. I've worked on a shitload of shorts, a lot my own. But I'm like, wow, man, what a fucking failure. One mm. feature and then I'm done. Right. Fuck. You know? Yeah. You know, That's it's, your and, flash in the pan. Yeah, I did like that. Oh, it fucking stung. So it, I was so bitter that I was literally like, when I would walk upstairs and go past that loft, that's like a fucking nerd museum. Yeah. I wouldn't look at it. Oh. I didn't step foot in it. Damn. I didn't go nowhere near it. It was like, it looked like an abandoned house because it was just a fucking inch of dust on all that stuff. Yeah. I just didn't go in there, <sighs> you know? And then, like, I have a friend uh, here here in SoCal who owns a collectible show. Yeah. Uh, in City of Industry, Frankensons. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to reset, I'm really going to reset. Okay. I started selling my shit at this place. Yeah. And it was cool. It worked out, but it just like, we were kind of like everyone else and they're doing the same shit. Yeah. And so, and I'd always been a fan of sneakers since fucking Jordan, mm -hmm. you know, had a bunch of Jordans and, and knew the sneaker culture, you know? So I was like, it's a good fallback. Yeah. So I again, readjusted. I got rid of the toys and the collectibles and I moved in on sneakers. Yeah. Because I knew it's like, well, I could buy a pair of shoes for 180, depending on like how valuable it was or how desirable it was. I could sell it for 500, 600. Yeah. You know? And so I loaded up th that place with, with sneakers and I was there for close to a year. Mm -hmm. And we outgrew it like fast. Yeah then uh something happened with tina where she had to leave mm -hmm. she had to go back up north you know deal with family issues and stuff so sure. you know we closed that store and i started i just went online and i was selling stuff online wow. and i was doing good yeah yeah but i was also cut off from the entertainment world yeah you know and like i was just focused on me and providing for the people in my life yeah then 
Um, and of course I was still friends with Johnny. You know, we, we mm-hmm. hung out all the time. We talked all the time. Um, but that's just cause we're friends like me and you, like we had another connection besides just film. Right. You know, like we could just hang out and talk about nothing cause we were friends. Yep. You know, he's a solid dude. Um, a few months went by and doing online stuff and I got the idea, like maybe I'll just open a store. Like, mm-hmm. a, like you know, an actual store. Yeah. And you know, here in, in, in our town, there's a, there's a mall next town over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shit, maybe there. Mm-hmm. Tina had now since come back. Yeah. And I told her like what my plans were. So I took a chunk of money and we bought a shitload of shoes. Mm-hmm. We opened a sneaker cult. Yes. And, and here in town, while I was doing this, Red Eleven was still sort of a thing. We were still open. Because this is pre-COVID. You still had the studio? We still had the studio. Okay, so this was before, you know. Yeah, but it was still ending. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. Th- yeah, like this, it was still. The gears were winding down. Yeah, you know? so that's why I was like, I got to figure something else out. Because I knew I was done with mm-hmm. Hollywood. I did. Yep. And literally we opened one day and it was fucking amazing. It was received really well. Sure. Okay, I felt pretty good. It's not Hollywood. It was refreshing. It's also on your terms. It, yeah, very much so. You know. You know? It was great. And then we opened on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, we woke up bright and early to go to work. And then they said, no, you're not, because they locked us down due to COVID. You and the rest of the fucking world yeah. are just going to chill. Yeah. But luckily enough, all that shit passed, and we opened up again. You, you know? survived it. We did. You know, which, no. is, which is astounding. Yeah. Because... I think mom and pop shops were the ones that hurt the worst. Oh, yeah. You know. So we're on our fourth year open. Yeah. And, you know, we've bounced around the mall trying to find the place that fit for us. Mm-hmm. We found a spot now. And, like, you know, we really like where we're at. And it's good. Mm-hmm. It's fun. But it's weird because it's like in the back of my mind, it started growing again. What, the creative creative itch? Because, like, I switched, like, going to L.A. for meetings and filming and call times for shoe purchases and i saw a different side of of la Mm -hmm. and it was really refreshing to me the commerce side yeah and i liked it i did and so i kind of fell in love with la again for a different reason okay but being there i would drive by and i'm like oh that's that studio or that's that production office that's that post house Mm -hmm. still there and it's still yeah and i stifled it though sure right away as soon as it came in i put it right out Mm -hmm. you know and now at the beginning of this year i literally was like i think i want to do something again mentally i'm prepared and you said it properly a minute ago when you said my terms yeah so now this time my little like um venture into the film industry is going to be on my terms yeah and i'm gonna do it my way the first step was being artistic again yeah so you know i started painting again and making things and with the store to be able to sell my art that was nice i would sell my art there and it was like a little bit of validation like okay maybe i am okay at at doing this shit when stuff was selling yeah you know yeah Yeah. that's gotta it's gotta feel good and then i had some other things with other people like i'm gonna have some pieces at the next monster palooza coming up Mm -hmm. i'm slowly like dipping my toe back into the entertainment world you know and the artistic world i was gonna say via different avenues different creativity yeah different mindset and, you know, basically the moral of the story is 
when you're at your lowest, fucking just ditch your buddy and open a fucking sneaker shop. Yeah, it was the best thing I could have ever done. It was, and I, looking up at you from the (laughs) caverns of depression... I'm so happy you got out. No, it was great. You know what? I, and I'm glad you took the ladder with you. No, it was awesome. It was, it was awesome. That, this is a learning experience for When me. I did step on you to get out of the hole, yeah. I took my shoes off because I didn't want to crease them. No, of course thank not. You there's that. value. Yeah, thank you for that. There's value yeah. in those shoes. Yeah. And there's a culture for those <laughs> shoes. And I'm so fucking happy that you found your smile again <laughs> because I have nothing to offer. <laughs> I've got... I, I, I mean, all I have is my friendship, <laughs> which is, you know, I'm, I'm worth a few laughs, but no, seriously. And even that, even yeah. that, when you told me your plan, yeah, I'm at home, like he's El Bundy. <laughs> I'm like this motherfucker. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. Hey man, I'm behind you 100%. You just open a fucking pay less. I love it. It's great. Yeah, Go it's- for it, dude. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> Joking aside, though, this went from like planned execution to success. It really did. Yeah. And I, I know that sounds simplified, but I've been to your store several times now. Yeah. I've seen the people that come in and out. I've seen the products. And I'm not a shoe guy, but it's fascinating to look at these different styles of shoes. And it's funny to see the people come in. And I don't know a goddamn thing any of you people are saying, <laughs> but there's something going on. Yeah. In that store that's electric and I'm in, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. I don't get it, yeah. but I'm fascinated by it and it's just funny to know that this was like a weird idea when you were at your lowest. Mhm. That I was standing in now. You know, I'm looking at you and Tina and I'm just like you guys look like you're really in your element here and uh kimmy's working there yeah. you said johnny was well, he there he was but he stepped away just to kind of handle his own thing he's really working on his music which i'm fucking happy for it's because, his passion oh, right he's so good at it yeah and like me and him met up recently because he was another one that for a while i didn't talk to really yeah my goal this year is to complete and release desolate Okay. And then I'm actually going to go back to the well and I'm going to release a film that never got released, Devils in the Desert with Bill mm. Oberst. I remember you telling me about that one. Yeah, because I, I told him, I said, look, I want to shoot another movie. I want to shoot vinyl. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, I can't start anything until these are done. Sure. And he's like, cool. Yeah. I feel like everything is kind of aligning again the way it should. Yeah. And the people that are in my life right now are solid. Mm-hmm. that want to make movies and want to do stuff. I hit Manfredini up and like we had, we didn't talk for a while. Yeah. And of course, Harry's fucking, he's awesome. And he's just like, oh, so you are alive. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, and it was just like an instant, like, okay, let's go to dinner. Yeah. So everyone is still rooting for me and ready to work. Sure. Of course, this time took a lot longer to get back where I'm at. It took almost five years. Wow. To get back where I'm at. Yeah. You know, before it was like a week, a couple of days. I quit, but then I'm working that night. Right, yeah. But this one was just like, I'm done. You probably needed it, though. I did need it, was, it because it I have such fondness and love for film again mm-hmm. that I'm really excited. Like even, you know, you and I working on punching up the script for final to get it ready. Yeah. I'm like a fucking dork laughing at my own script hearing you read the lines. <laughs> 
you know and it's like oh my god that's like such a shameless like plug but it's like wow we're good at what we do it was fun yeah it is like i mean i wrote this back in like 2018 yeah you sent me the first probably the first or second draft before we even shot maternal yeah it was the first thing i ever read by you yeah that was that was that was a way for me to kick your tires a little bit yeah that one goes back pretty far yeah no it does and it's and the fact that like the jokes still hold up and they're fun but there's like it's in my opinion it's i think it's like what's needed right now in the film industry as far as like a really good 80s throwback Mm -hmm. hard r yes horror movie yeah the cast that's forming is going to be fucking awesome Mm -hmm. and it's like the cameos yeah i'm very excited about cameos like i'm lining up i'm going to tell you later some of the cameos that i'm working on with this shit you guys aren't allowed to know yeah no not yet no but i am literally dr frankensteining red 11 really yeah okay i'm bringing them all back together and they're going to be a part of this movie in the, one way or the other. The old and the new. I'm super excited about that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy, happy about our future, what we got going on. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about the show. I love the show. That was another thing where this is the first foray into our terms. Yeah. Us being creative, mm-hmm. us letting people know who we are yeah. and what we're about. And people want to, like follow us and be a part of this journey because it is like this this whole red 11 jason brad 2.0 kind of thing it's still pretty fresh it is this is like a tattoo that's still got the plastic over oh yeah oh yeah um so yeah if you if you guys if if you've dug the last few episodes and you've enjoyed everything up to this point you're kind of here for ground floor these last few episodes have been bringing you up to speed Mm -hmm. so to speak yeah and uh we we hope that you can laugh and choke with us for years to come hopefully yep, that's the goal yeah i think we did it yeah one of my favorite ones sure um out of the five so it was far. a bit of a purge it was it was nice it was needed so yeah um i guess on that note i'm glad that i'm still no longer working with you yeah no same i really you know i have nothing to offer i'm kidding <laughs> uh <laughs> He left me in the dust, and if Brad Bruce ever gives you his card, just fucking rip it up in front of him. Um, (laughs) No, uh, uh, God's Honest Truth, jokes aside, we've got a lot of really cool things in the pipeline. We've got a lot of irons in the fire, and uh, we had to go through all this, and hopefully you learned something and gleaned something out of this, because um, this was trial by fire, and I feel like we're on the other side. Yeah, we are. Um, and uh, this will be fun. This is a good this is a good Phoenix moment. Yep. That's a great way to put it. All right, man. Well, until next time. See you guys.